0: Find Your Focus is a recharging space for the ambitious introverted woman. Grab a quick energy boost and reflect on how you wanna show up as an introverted leader in your personal and professional life. Here's some inspiring stories of people around the world who've done things differently from society's extroverted expectations. Your host, Heather, a woman's leadership and life transitions coach, founder of a restored radiance coaching for the ambitious introvert, international communicator and marketer, world traveler, UK expats and fellow introverts. Heather aims to help ambitious introverted women find their unique leadership voice and create life transition roadmaps from career changes to moving countries or cities. Join Heather every Tuesday to find your focus, to fill your mindset with positivity and motivation to go after your dreams using your own unique energy blueprint. Your perceived weaknesses are your powerhouse. Here is your host.
1: Hello, hello. Today's guest is Dr. Susie Cater, an expert in conversion copywriting and messaging, who helps women entrepreneurs use the power of words to get noticed, adored, and fantastically paid for the work they must love doing without holding back or censoring themselves. When she's not crafting career-changing website copy and email sequences for her high-profile clients, you can find Susie chasing after her baby daughter, visiting her family in the UK, or binge-watching Great British Bake Off episodes. Susie is a prize-winning researcher whose work has appeared in numerous podcasts, academic reviews, and publications such as Thrive Global and the Sunday Times of London. She holds degrees with honors from New York University and the University of Oxford, and now resides just outside of New York City. So without further ado, here's Susie. Hi Ambitious Introverts, it's Heather here and I'm so excited to have um, on the podcast today the guest Dr. Susie Cater. She is a conversion copy and messaging expert and she's here going to talk all about developing your introverted voice and being an impactful leader. So Susie, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really
1: excited to talk to you about all
2: these juicy topics.
1: So oh my gosh. Here. I am so excited you're here and we're just going to dive in deep because as introverts we love diving in deep and oh, yeah. chatting about all the ideas. So Susie just take it away and I'd love to hear about how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah so it's quite a an interesting story, and it wasn't at all what I planned to end ending up on ending up doing. Um, so after, so I was always surprised, surprise. I loved like books, reading. I think as introverts, you know, don't we lo- don't we love curling up on our own with book? So that was something I always loved. And I went to university to study literature and languages. Was really good at it, and I actually graduated in the middle of the great great depression is that what we call it great depression great yeah, you know, great recession yeah 2009 basically um and my advisor at the time had been saying to me i think you should do a phd so i applied to a few programs and i got into basically all of them and they were in america and i basically had this offer to go do a phd read books for five years in new york city and i thought well why not if you're going to pay me and as this huge depression let's go do that so I ended up going to New York City left the UK behind and went to read and do my PhD and did that finished within like six years got a teaching fellowship and I was you know on the surface I was doing really really well I'd won a lot of awards for my teaching for my research I was kind of everyone saw me as like one of the stars of the department i had a lot of Applications, but I was actually hugely burnt out at that point, like really badly burnt out, and was having a lot of health problems. And I just knew that it, what was actually would actually turn out to be the unrelenting pace of a career in academia. I thought it was going to be just you know me reading books and having a nice time. It wasn't quite like that. Um, I knew that I had to go and do something else, and I didn't know what that was going be and so I just kind of left and went for it and I had um, I had sort of the summer to try and figure it out where I was still being paid and kind of ended up taking that time to, to 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 work out you know what do I want to do still hadn't actually figured it out decided okay I'm gonna go on some freelance writing sites because I've always been good at writing and just get a bit of money coming in um, doing writing for other businesses and basically that was what put me on the journey to where I am now running my own business as an expert in messaging and conversion copy was the more I did that and the more I came into contact with other women business owners I started seeing that women in particular had a lot of um seem to have more trouble expressing themselves marketing their business and um not not all women obviously but there was a lot more hesitation around using their voices owning their voices asking for the sale speaking up about their achievements positioning themselves as experts and I realized that writing and words have always come very naturally to me and this is where I could help and that's how I started my business.
1: Wow that's beautiful I I mean I can so relate to how you started with um you know coming out of Um, the Great Recession and graduating then and then trying to figure out what were your next steps and really kind of falling into an opportunity and just going through that. And I think through the experience, it's it's a beautiful and organic one. Um, But I think as um, introverts, we don't realize certain jobs, like you were saying, um, have a really a big impact on our energy levels. And it sounds like that's certainly something that you realize through trial and error. And it's really admirable that you were able to recognize that um, before anything got worse and to really adapt to that. Um, It was interesting because I I
2: didn't realize what at all and certain things like the teaching and the amount of conferences we had to do was taking on me. And I was always somebody, I've always been somebody who kind of steps up to a challenge, so I was like, I'm just gonna do this and it's gonna be great. And um, I love using my voice, but definitely kind of um, standing up in front of hundreds of students was a very pressure fueled experience. And doing those big conferences um, international research conferences. I would come back, and I was just so exhausted, <laughs> like so exhausted, and um, yeah, and 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 basically the whole pace. It just wasn't. It wasn't as sustainable as I as I thought it would be.
1: Mm, absolutely, and I, I think some women might um, really resonate with their story right here because they might be in a situation where they are kind of starting to feel run down and exhausted, and that they may need to change something, but they're at that point where they're, you know, they're feeling a bit of fear and hesitation to to move forward, and and uncertain about whether it's just frustration at their current job or a current situation, and unsure of what to do next. Can you kind of share through your own experience? What was that trigger for you to really say? you know, this is not serving me, I need to look at something else?
2: I think there were probably two things. So one was, uh, in, in that career, it was that I felt like I, I was becoming someone other than who I was or want to be. And I noticed, I noticed it was in the way I was interacting with people. Um, I, I wasn't, I sort of I wasn't as good as replying to my students' emails as I wanted to be. I was impatient with my I was feeling impatient with my students, I was feeling impatient with my family, I wasn't staying in touch with friends as much because I was just so overwhelmed. I was like, well, I'm just gonna have to cut things out, cut this out, cut this out. And I was seeing as well in the role models I had in academia the people above me were, were horrendous at replying to emails <laughs> and at various things. So I was like, oh, well, if they're doing that, if they're behaving that way, I can behave that way. But actually, there was another part of me that was saying, well, no, you find that very offensive and hurtful. So I don't think you want to become like them. And, and also, and then the other side that, um, was that, It was just taking such a toll on me, um, and that was both physical and emotional. One was I I was getting very, um, I was having real problems using my voice in terms of I was publishing these articles, research articles, and they were being accepted by very prestigious publications, but it was killing me to write them. Um, I was second-guessing everything I was saying.
1: I so relate to that um, in my previous life as well. Um, there were yeah. moments where, like you were saying, those points where you realize, especially that self-doubt. And as a writer myself, when you're when you're not able to um, really concisely um, get behind a message, that's a yeah. real big sign that it's not aligned with you and your values. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I feel that. Um I so love as well how brave you were to realize that this wasn't in alignment and then to take a jump. And you took a jump when you were saying that you were pregnant and just decided to make this work. So as an introvert, I wanna talk about how you juggled your introverted energy, um, jumping into the known as a soon to be mama and um, a new business owner. And how yeah, did you manage so. that? Well, I'll kind of explain it a bit
2: more. Because I think there was probably, there were about mm, nine, ten months in between me jumping out of that career and me deciding to go all in with this new business where I was kind of playing around with different kinds of freelance writing jobs and experimenting with working for different industries. Like I worked for the... um like for some ed tech companies in Silicon Valley, I worked for worked for restaurant brands. And then I ultimately decided, I want to work with entrepreneurs. And specifically, I would like to work with women entrepreneurs on their messaging who are doing kind of creative, um, like service businesses. And then um, I think it was like a month after I started that, I got pregnant. So <laughs> What, so it's interesting because from the very beginning then in that business, I think because in in my current business, I I've always been very aware of the burnout that I suffered in my previous career, and so I've never ever let it get that bad again. That said, um, for sure there was there were moments of pressure, you know, when you start up a business, and I think it's a similar sort of thing where you get overwhelmed by other people's voices and advice and all the guidance that there is out there. And I think especially in the first few months, um, when I knew I was pregnant and I was thinking, okay, well, I've got limited time to set everything up. I went down a few rabbit holes, like, there was one at Pinterest where I was like, Pinterest, Pinterest is going to be key to my business. Um <laughs> spent a long time on Pinterest and uh, and it's not actually used my business at all <laughs> um, I used it for a few months when I was pregnant, <laughs> um but but then sort of as my pregnancy was going further along I started thinking okay I need I ha- my mind got very focused and I was like I need to make this amount of money I had a sort of goal amount of money that I wanted because I was funding my own maternity leave um really you know we had my husband's salary but that wasn't enough we needed some salary we needed salary from me too so I just had to get really clear what are my income goals what do I need to charge to make these income goals working a realistic amount and I upped my prices to make it possible. And then I just had to start charging that price, even though it was really, really scary um, because I was kind of lowballing it for the first few months and um, prob- probably working harder than I should have been because I was scared to raise my prices in those first few months.
1: Oh, you raised so many good nuggets there as well. And I think that a lot of women can relate because they're, they're often things that women find um, hard to to push through because of how society has um, kind of shaped us as as women um, to be the helpers and to be the encouragers and a lot of our what are considered soft skills aren't mm-hmm. as aren't seen as valuable and. So I, I think what you're saying there about like the prices and owning your worth um, is such a, that's a, such a hard thing to recognize and then such a hard thing to say, yes, I actually am worthy of this value because this is what I can do for my clients and it supports them in their marketing and their PR um, and their sales. Yes, and it's, it
2: can be hard, I think sometimes when you're in the early stages of a business to recognize that because you don't have the proof. Like I remember there was a client I worked with on a project and I think it needed to go over by, I I needed more time to do what she wanted me to do. And this was in the early days when I did a lot more kind of done for you writing projects. And um, (laughs) I don't think she was super pleased by going over another day, um, because it meant she paid me a bit more. But then, you know, a year later, that what I wrote for her has brought in multiple five figures and she's on track to hit six figures with it and so it's kind of like yeah that was absolutely worth it for you to pay that extra day but you don't know at the time you can only hope so that that can be a big that can be a big issue but I think doing what I did with working back like how much can I work or how much do I want to work and so so how much do I need to charge that was really helpful and and it got changed again after I had my baby and my daughter because I realized I wanted to work less than I'd been working when I was pregnant so again that was another leap and I was also seeing new bigger
1: results and
2: doing taking a slightly different approach with my business then
1: I, lo- I love that beautiful approach to setting the foundation with knowing um, what you need to earn. And then as you move forward in your business, um, knowing that you can up level because as your clientele expands and your experience and those results um, are able to be shown, you can then um, move to the next stage and really support your family or other responsibilities and obligations you have. Exactly,
2: yeah, and it's, it's a work in progress, I think, and, and, and it's so important to recognize that, because I think sometimes, as you were saying, um, we get bombarded with messages, at, but from society, and I think in the, in the online business world, there's there's a very pervasive message that's like, you need to hit six figures within, you know, this very short amount of time, and etc. etc. and cetera, and, and um, it can lead to us being very harsh on ourselves. Absolutely. And I, think, and I think something else that you were saying before, in terms of the, what I just want to expand on is how, how we can be pulled into this this um this this kind of roller coaster of doing, 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 and especially for us as introverts, it can be very important just to not do and surrender and sit. And sometimes we feel as if you know we, we have to measure our productivity or our worth or whatever you know the number of instagram posts we've planned out or like i did back then you know how how good our pinterest strategy is or whatever and um sometimes it's it's about the inner work too isn't
1: it oh my gosh yes 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 i want us to riff on this topic a little bit more because um all the listeners know i am so keen on talking about um the beautiful cycle of product uh production which includes rest which is often what society forgets about and so no wonder why we as a society are often overwhelmed overstressed and um burnt out um so I would love for us to riff on, especially as a, a messaging expert and um, a, an introverted business owner who works on helping others um, become more visible. Um, how do yes, how do um, introverts um, become more visible? Um, but also recognize, um, you know, their own unique voice amidst the busy do, do, do um, of society. Oh my God. There's so
2: much to say. <laughs> there's so much to say. Okay. So one thing I would say is like lean into who you are, lean into who you are. And that's so powerful in your messaging and so, so important to do because You can try to sound like someone else and to write like someone else, and it's just going to exhaust you. And even as someone who is very, very good at writing, I get writing inferiority complex when I read certain other business owners. And you know what it is? It's to do with their energy and and how they come across in their writing. And there are certain business owners, entrepreneurs that I follow, and they have a very extroverted style of writing very extroverted very bold style of writing and I used to especially at the start of my business I would read their work and I would think oh my god I can't write like this I I don't I don't this is so good and I I like reading it but this is not my voice and do I have to write like this to succeed and if I do how is this possibly going to work because I can't write like this because it's not me and um it was only the more clients I worked with, I realised more people kept coming to me and saying, "I love the way you write, and you know the way you your messaging is just really resonating with me." And I was thinking, "How?" But it's not like these other people, um, and and um and I realised that they're not like those other people, and you know we're, there are so many different personality types out there in the world, so many different messaging styles. I actually made a whole quiz about this, which is my freebie on my website. What's your messaging personality? Because there are actually so many different types and ways of approaching messaging, and they are all great, and they are all beautiful. And I think because that louder, and more extroverted style is so prevalent, and there's a certain kind of like grow marketing style as well, um, and... Because those two ways of doing it are so prevalent. We think that's the only way to do it. But actually, there are so many people who are not drawn to that style. And so if you can just accept that the way you have to communicate, the way you want to communicate in your voice, that that's almost like your gift to the world. And and people, there are loads of people who are going to be drawn to that. And you just have to start putting it out there as it is imperfectly perfect um then the more powerful your message is going to be because you can't you can't try and be like those extra people because it's just not it's just not you
1: oh susie ladies that is gold right there that is basically like 10 years of experience like um, boiled down into one little nugget that you can start right now because that is worth its weight in gold. And I know through my own experience of 10 years of international marketing and comms that it took me a long time to accept my own voice. And same as you, I would be really drawn in certain points to those extroverted ways that were very bold and sassy. And there's a part of me that is sassy, that I love that and energetic. And I'm like, yes, it'd get me fired up, but it wasn't how who I was at the, at the core. And it wasn't how I related or communicated at all. And so it would take me a lot of energy to really find that voice and try to Um, communicate that in my writing and that's when I started to realize that why is this taking me so like so long to produce you know maybe a page worth of content and at first I was like oh this is you know it's down to my writing maybe like I this is not who I am at the core maybe my my skills need sharpened what am I doing wrong and it took me a while to realize that no that was just not my style and that's okay
2: Yeah, and it's a total, it's a total journey, and like something I have to, and I love that you said, you know, a part of me is sassy, because same here, like there is a part of me that loves writing that way, but then it's taken me a long time to accept that I also really like going deep and asking very reflective questions, and I also, I guess I'm quite, I British like self-deprecating and and uh, people would often say like
1: oh you, you have a really sweet style sometimes and I'm like oh my god sweet sweet isn't cool <laughs> oh my god yes you're like saying exactly what people have said to me and I used to see as sweet as like oh like grandparents in their like um care homes are sweet but you don't like like <laughs> For some reason, like it just wasn't gonna get the message about about it wasn't yeah. sexy or it wasn't gonna um, get noticed. Sweet has this connotation of just you know kind of status quo, and I thought yeah. that was like the biggest um, put down rather than the biggest yeah. compliment, which I yes, exactly,
2: the, exactly the same, exactly the same, and it's actually um I think you could potentially tie it to. Um, I did a Facebook Live about this in my Facebook group the other day um, about when I was in university, um, I, was, I was kind of inculcated into this idea that I had to write like a guy to be successful because in my degree program and in all the degree programs, so our exams were anonymized, right? And um, so they didn't know if you were a, a guy or a girl, but the guys consistently did better in the exams in my university consistently. They would get more firsts, more honors, and because, supposedly, they had this much more bold, assertive way of making their points and making very strong claims and strong arguments and kind of um, not being hesitant about it, not even being too concerned about evidence, maybe. And so we were all obsessed, me and my friends, we were like, oh, God, are we writing like girls? and For a long time I think this message was just ingrained in me like oh you can't be you can't write in a feminine way that won't get you success or and actually that's not true that isn't true and it depends who the system is and who the authority is and I guess it depends who the examiners are but ultimately my examiners back then were were very different from my audience of entrepreneurs and women and clients that I work with now and it's not it doesn't have to be like it was when you were growing up and there is space in the world for your voice the way it is
1: oh my god girl you got me all fired up I love it yes (laughs) I so relate to this message and it's such a good point because growing up in a system that um has a unconscious or you know unconscious bias on um, a masculine way of writing and expressing when you go through schooling you're subjected to that and so you're automatically taught or assume that your way and your vision and your perception and your lens on life is just wrong and what you're saying here is is that no there is um 50% of the world is female. We have a huge um, stake in the way, um, in the economy at the moment. We're huge buyers and shakers of the economy. And so we do have a voice and not only as women, but uh, introverts are also 50% of society, surprisingly enough. And so there is a huge chunk of um, the globe that can potentially be your audience, that are a willing um audience who wants to listen to and wants to hear what you have to say
2: yeah exactly exactly and and it really struck home to me actually um several months ago when I was working with a client on her copy and her messaging and I suggested something like a little bit sassy she was like oh no Susie
1: that's
2: not that's not me at all and I was like oh yeah oh yeah we are all like (laughs) that
1: Exactly. Oh my gosh. So I want to jam a little bit more on um, how you um, went from kind of behind the scenes as um, a researcher and a writer um, and PhD extraordinaire um, to um, then being a business owner and having to go from behind the scenes to front in front of the camera visible and how you managed to to work through those maybe, um, blocks that you had and, and worries that you had.
2: Yeah. And it's so, it's so interesting because I think when people say the word introvert and hear the word introvert, they think, they think someone who doesn't like being in the spotlight at all. And that, that was never the case for me. I, I have always been, as a child, I was called bossy by so many people. (laughs) I displayed leadership skills
1: absolutely
2: <laughs> um, yes but I I was always trying to take charge but I was also um, very quiet in certain situations and and um, while I can shine it, I can only do it for so long before I get feel really burnt out and I've always found like being in an office, five days a week is just not for me or teaching five days a week is absolutely exhausting oh my god needs to be in bed like the whole day <laughs> After a week like that. um so where was I going with this <laughs> oh yeah so basically when I was doing my PhD um I actually did get a lot out of teaching some of the time I didn't always feel like doing it. There were some times where it would be really draining, but I could kind of psych myself up to perform. And I enjoyed, I used to enjoy theatre too. And so there's always been a bit of me that's loved performing, but at the same time, and the part of me that's found it really draining. And I think also when I was in um, doing my PhD, I totally swore off social media. And this was a big deal because it was seen as like a bit of a risk to be on social media, And um, I was kind of sick of Facebook and everything anyway. So I was off it for five entire years. And then I realized... afternoon I'm going to batch write five Instagram posts or Facebook posts or film a bunch of videos that's not how I work at all I have moments of inspiration and I kind of pour it out and then usually I'll hit publish Um, or sometimes sometimes I'll feel inspired to write maybe three posts but then I get tired and I need to take a break and um, so just accepting learning to accept my own rhythm and my own creation style been a really big deal for me. And then secondly, kind of creating my own community has also been a very big deal for me because I used to feel as if um I wasn't sure really where my space was on social media, and ultimately I decided I'm gonna create my own Facebook group, and I had all sorts of fears around that, like nobody's gonna join um oh it's gonna be one of those horrible dead facebook groups that we're all in where somebody posts once a once a week and nobody ever likes or comments and oh god i I just went ahead and did it you know i got tired of waiting and being scared about it and i said i'm just going to do it i did it um i love my facebook group so much and it's just this beautiful space where i feel like i can really show up and being in a very warm, safe community, and so if you are an introvert, I would, I would, and I assume you are, if you're listening to the podcast, I would, I would think about that, you know, how can I create a space for myself online, where I can show up and build a community, and build my own little circle, and not always be, you know, muscling in on other people's communities or feeling as if I'm maybe shouting into a void like how can I create something where people can gather
1: oh that's such a good um tip there Susie um and yes I think that's a great way to frame it for for that woman who is listening and she's at that point where she's seeing social media and she wants to connect Um, in -hmm. a really deep introverted way but all she's seeing is a lot of extroverted shouting and noise and it's really overwhelming so the first point of call when that happens as an introvert you're like nope I'm gonna go home into my little shell my little turtle shell and I'm just gonna stay there for a second and maybe that second turns into a year And so you can then be like, oh, social media is not for me. It's only for extroverts. And and the thing is that you're saying is actually spending that rest and restoration and that reflection time in your little turtle shell while you're saying, okay, what is my voice? Um, let's reflect on who I am. What brings me joy? What lights me up? What am I passionate about? What's the idea that... If we're sat around a table and it's all full of extroverts and they're shouting, joining in, and all these things, but then one person shares a certain topic and that's the thing I want to rant about and join in, like what is that one thing? And at that point, that beautiful idea, which is what us introverts excel on, that could be your community idea, that could be your space online.
2: Yes, totally. And I I've really found that it's by there's so, gosh there's so much out there about messaging, right? And and I found and this is what I help my clients do that it's also by you have to go inwards. You really have to look in and kind of listen it listen to yourself and listen for that little voice telling you what what the message is that you really really want to share that you're really meant to get out there and with your voice and and for me it's really been about letting things go and helping other people let things go whether it's whether it's those all that in those ingrained beliefs that we've had that we have to write a certain way and communicate a certain way to succeed whether it's our fear of people judging us whether it's this idea that we have to write another way to succeed you know that for me is so important and I could talk about that all day and the thing is once you know what, what you want to share it becomes a lot easier to mine your own life and experiences for content ideas and for stories that can help illustrate your point and And that's, what, that's something else I think is really important that I want to emphasize actually to your audience is I think as introverts we have an impulse to educate other people because we really want to help and and we do a lot of thinking and so we're like oh we're gonna here are, here are five really good tips to do or you know so, so i know in the first few months of my business a lot of my email newsletters were like you know 10 tips or how to do this or what not to do and it was very very educational and i definitely moved away from that a much more story centered approach to my to my messaging and instead of giving people five tips or ten tips or a list of information um what i really try to do is um provoke ahas like aha moments like just, just it might just be a question that you ask someone at the end of your email and before that you know it's this whole great story that gets you to that question but it can just be a question that gets them thinking and reflecting and having this, oh, yeah, that is really important. Or, oh, I wish I why haven't I thought of that? Yes, I'm so glad she got me to think about that. If you can just think of it in terms of aha moments rather than kind of potentially drowning your audience in a deluge of information that they could potentially just get off Google anyway.
1: Oh, you you gave some really great points for content uh, creation right there. Um, education, of course, the tips, but also um, so as not to always sound very flat and just be a teacher. The the reflection um, questions, which is almost a, a coaching me- uh, mechanism, so that you can reframe you can reframe a teaching point in a way that. It encourages the reader to really go in deep and find the truths out for themselves so that they become more um, in tune with their own intuition and trust themselves more deep, deeply.
2: Yeah, like, just to give you an example to try and make it a little bit clearer in case anyone's struggling with it. So... One thing that I, I that is so important, right, in your messaging is to have social proof, to have testimonials, you know, to show that you if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, that you can create results for your clients. So that's really important. But instead of just saying that in an email and maybe saying why that is, um in one of the emails in my welcome sequence, I talk about how um, my clients tell me I'm obsessed with this. Like a lot of my clients, tell them, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're so obsessed! Stop bugging me about getting testimonials." All like, right, well, and um, and then I go into how actually I think this is something that a lot of women business owners in particular have a lot of hesitation about doing, about asking for a testimonial from somebody because we don't want to. We don't want to inconvenience them. We don't want to seem like we're a bother. We don't. We're terrified that they might say, "Oh well, you weren't that great actually," and I don't want to give you a testimonial. We're terrified of that. People are also often really crap about giving testimonials, about writing them. So even if you pre-write one and send it to someone, it might be take you like three follow-up emails before they say, "Oh yeah, that's fine," and so you have to follow up a lot. And Generally, I think we're, we're conditioned to give. We're conditioned to give as women and not to ask for things in return. So even when we do something for somebody and they pay us money as part of our services, we're like, okay, well, we gave. So we shouldn't. And they gave us some money for that. So, so that's all. You know, I don't I don't want to bother them by asking them for a testimonial or, you know, another thing. That would be so much of a burden. Who am I to do that? And um, And actually, we really owe it to ourselves but again for the success of our business um, we really need the testimonials to keep getting more business and at the end of the day you know you have to kind of you have to kind of um, balance this, this fear of oh am I being a burden am I asking too much with the fact that you want your business to be a really big success and you need to go and reach more people and you need testimonials to show in order to do that And so that's kind of like the aha that I, that I provoke there. And um, just also, you know, taking the stand for, for us getting kind of, you know, what, what, what we should be getting as business owners and not just giving everything away and thinking I don't deserve this.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful reminder, um, especially for women. And it's it's also, I think, for, for some of our listeners who aren't business owners, but who are aspiring leaders in their sector as well. If they're going for a job interview or a promotion, that social proof is important. So whether that be a social proof on your LinkedIn profile or encouraging people to send uh, references, um, cultivating that social proof is important. So If you wouldn't second-guess asking for references for a job, why would you do that? Uh, Why would you not um, ask for testimonials, right? Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. But it can feel very
1: uncomfortable. Absolutely you also mentioned earlier there about, um, getting to know your creation style. And I so resonated with the fact of a lot of, um, recommendations out there are encouraging people to batch prep, which is a great recommendation. But, um, I also resonated with your, your, um, point there that there's, I, I have more of a a flow and a kind of organic flow to that. Um, where I kind of am in tune with my my own energy flows, and it's um, probably monthly that there's like one week a month that I'm really good at being visible, one week a month where I'm really good at just pushing through and doing all the admin tasks or the um, the you know securing um, podcast interviews or whatever, yeah. and or like writing the social content. But there's other moments in time where I'm just, I'm not getting those ideas and I'm not um, getting that generation. And you can beat yourself up about it. I have certainly in the past. Yeah. So can we rant a little bit on how did you develop your own creation style and what are some recommendations? Oh, my God. a great point to make that you can it's one of those things that's constantly you're constantly becoming a bit more in tuned with your style and what you need and as you're saying you have a a little baby at home so that's constantly changing and how you have to be reactive to to that so I think that's a beautiful permission slip to our listeners to be like hey you know you're good (laughs) like if you feel like you're constantly trying to um adjust that's okay. And you can still yeah. be successful doing that.
2: Yeah. And I think something that struck home with me actually over the past month, because I haven't had, because with, with um, you know, the pandemic and COVID-19, haven't had any child care. So my husband and I have been both trying to work and juggling the baby, <laughs> handing her off between us and I'm working during nap times. And it's been pretty intense to be honest. And, I think, and what I've heard this from a lot of other women. Um, there's been an impulse in me to be like, do more. Use this time to do more. I have no idea where that's coming from, but it's very, very strong. And like, oh, I should be pitching more podcasts. I should be doing more media features. I should be, uh, you know, using this time to be more productive than ever. And I don't know why I think that because I have less time than ever before. But but I'm not alone because I've been speaking to so many other women, um, leaders and entrepreneurs who feel the same way. And I've also been feeling like um, I should be producing more content and, and like I'm not doing enough. And, and actually, I've had maybe six people this week say to me, you are doing so great with your content. You are everywhere right now. Um, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, really? I, I don't feel like I'm doing that. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're everywhere. You're all over my needs So just be aware that what, the standard you have in your head is not necessarily what other people are experiencing and um, yeah, uh, what I try to do is, I'll, I'll tell you my, my my kind of how I'm going about things at the moment I try to prioritise Facebook, Facebook is the social media channel that I personally prioritise because it just it. Um, I don't like the way that Instagram cuts off the captions <laughs> it doesn't it really annoys me <laughs> and and I find it a great thing where really
1: an introvert once we get going. that's so encouraging. And I think um, as uh, listeners, um, as we're recording this, it's um, toward the end of April 2020, and we are full on into the global pandemic that is COVID-19. So um, this may be um, lasting for quite some months and maybe have economic impact into the next year or so. Um, so I do think it's rel- uh, relevant to really just um point that out and also say that, um, like you were saying, Susie, it is okay. If your energy isn't, um, tip top. And I completely agree with you there that there is, um, because as a a Western society, it's geared and as capitalist society here in the States, it's geared toward production. And so your value is associated with production. And so we're, we are, Unknowingly realize, we unknowingly work toward what can I uh, produce, what can I achieve. And right now, as we're all going through processing grief and processing huge changes to our daily life and habits, and then the psychological stress of coming to terms with people who are impacted um, by um, uh, COVID 19 and our family and friends. There's so much energy drains that are going on in our life right now that girl, we like we're doing good. <laughs> like yes. seriously just having this conversation. Like we are good. We get that gold star. <laughs> we showed up and we put a, a shirt on today and we I, brushed our hair.
2: Okay, <laughs> my husband and I like, oh, we went outside we yes. <laughs>
1: Exactly. So if we're not producing as much like I want that to be a permission slip to all us introverts that it's OK to take a beat and to not be as um, in the face. You know, this is a time to reflect and to rest and, you know, giving ourselves that juicy space to just be could actually be the what we need to then start running or jogging in you know, months from now.
2: And you know what? I was actually thinking about this because um, so my parents were supposed to come over this week and and spend time with us, and I was going to take this week off to hang out with them. And we also had a trip planned for May that we we're going to do, and obviously all that is not happening anymore. And um, and so basically, I've let my calendar fill up with doing work during that time instead. But then I was thinking. I probably actually need a vacation around now, you know, because it's been a while since I took a vacation at Christmas. And I think because work has blurred into home for so many of us, because we're doing work from home, and we can't go anywhere on vacation, I I think we're going to see a real issue with that actually as this year goes on, because people aren't going to be taking any time off, because where can they go with the time off? So it'll feel like wasted time in a way but we need the rest we really need the rest and and so i've been thinking maybe i should just take it easy next week because there was supposed to be a vacation and and just because i can't go somewhere doesn't mean that my body and mind and spirit don't need don't need that downtime
1: absolutely that's such a beautiful reminder there um I also, as we're talking about COVID-19 and the impacts on our life, I know that here in the States, as well as um, all across the world, a lot of people um, have been let go from their jobs. Um, We're facing huge amounts of unemployment here in the States. um, And a lot of people are anxious about how to put food on the table. So whether they are a um, site, you know, they're, um, they have they used to work full time and were slowly building up their side hustle business, um, yeah. or just um, working full time and no longer have that job. I think when it comes to messaging and marketing, you know, especially when you're um, a job seeker, that's so yeah. important as well for job seekers. So, um, just as important as it is for um, business owners. So, I'd love to hear maybe a couple of tips that. Um women who are who are trying really hard to make themselves shine and find their unique selling point, maybe yeah, what are some ideas that they can think of in this time?
2: Well, let me say this first um, and I, I actually wrote an article about this for Thrive Global a couple of weeks ago because I was at that point, you know t- three years ago where I was happy. was having health issues and I left my career in academia and I didn't I had this paid summer to supposedly find my next step and I didn't find it within the space of that summer and I that's how I ended up on this freelance writing site which is an incredibly depressing place to be and it was so depressing it was like people would message me. I got a message about like will you write copy to sell snake oil no I won't (laughs) Will you write a thousand-word blog post for five dollars? No, I won't. Um, and it was so depressing. And and so just so you know, you know, I, I I don't know what your situation is, but here's something. But like that path was that those actions that I took then, you know, it, they were very depressing at the time, and I didn't know where they were going to take me. And you know, things have turned out very well for me since then. But it didn't look that way now and then. And it was a very, very stressful time uh, in so many ways, especially with the health stuff. And so I just want to say, if you're in this a period of turmoil or uncertainty, know that like big life shifts, they take some time. They don't feel great all the time. <laughs> they do not feel great. And you're probably going to beat yourself up about a million things that you should have done or could have done or wish you'd done and and you're not going to know where you're going to go next or what what where anything's going to take you and it, it's really scary and but at the same time you know i think you can't the moments when we show courage are the moments when when things are really tough right and i i, I always remember this speech that jk rowling the author of the harry potter books gave um I think it was at the Harvard like graduation ceremony and she talks about when she wrote Harry Potter and she was divorced, had come back from Spain, was a single mother, living in like a bed unemployed, and by all by her definition and then by most people's definition, you know, she like failed, she'd really failed at what she wanted to do. And she said, but the thing was rock bottom was a solid footing. For me to like take my next step up off the ground, and so you have yeah. So basically, it's hard, but one foot in front of another, and you don't know where things will take you. And sometimes, you know, hopefully in a couple of years' time, you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, that was a really rough time, but look what I did and look how I got through it. Uh-huh. So that's my my expression of empathy for you if you are in that position. Um, and then in terms of kind of making yourself making yourself shine or I think you know, give yourself some grace and and I think self, as, we've, as we've been saying a lot throughout this podcast like self knowledge and introspection is really powerful and just taking the time to sit with yourself and figure out like what's coming up what you're feeling drawn to. And then also, a sit with. probably right now, a lot of nasty voices might be coming up in your head. And they come up when you write anyway. I think a lot of the time they come up with any kind of visibility, any kind of bold step forward in business or in leadership. There are always horrible, nasty voices telling you things like, you can't do this, you're stupid, who are you to say this? um like how hit, you're so far behind you've wasted time all these nasty things and and in a way this whole pandemic and COVID-19 it's ripping it's kind of ripping the cover off um the dark stew of these nasty voices and and bringing them into the light a bit for many of us and um and just it will pass but just kind of accept that it's a process that you that you might have to just go through and see what's coming out and what these fears are around using your voice and showcasing yourself and and, um you know do what you have to do to until they pass like get into child's pose um as these horrible thoughts go through you and know that they don't necessarily mean anything they don't necessarily mean anything at all they're just they're just voices that have come from society and from us being in society and our experiences in life and it doesn't mean that that anything they have to say about our future experiences in life is true
1: oh yes your your mindset is such a, a foundation for your beliefs and your actions then right and so um when we are thrown into a point where we're you know without a job and, and means to pay our bills. It's so overwhelming and so stressful. And if we don't look after our mindset first, then our actions are gonna suffer because if you don't feed your mindset with positivity and focus and, and support yeah. and nourish that, then you don't have the energy to to make those connections, to reach out to people, to, to update your LinkedIn profile or your yeah. CV. <laughs> yes exactly
2: and I think something too that, that I always say in you know visibility is don't take it personally don't take it, don't, one is don't take it personally and that you know if people make a nasty comment or whatever that's their issue not yours but then two also try to give yourself room to mess up because it makes, so, makes everything so much easier if you just Give yourself, as we talk about permission slips, give yourself permission to mess things up sometimes, because actually it's that mindset of, I have to get this right, and if I don't, if I mess this opportunity up, then I've ruined it. Then, you know, like, how stupid am I? What, what, What a mistake I've done. You know, that was it. That was my only opportunity. That kind of a mindset is going to be really detrimental to your mental and emotional health and to how you show up in, you know, whatever job interview it is or whatever opportunity that, that's thrown your way, if you approach it with, okay, let's, let's play with this and, like, I'm enough and let's try and have fun with it and if it doesn't work out, if I mess it up, if I mess it up, it's okay, I forgive myself, um, that, that, that you would show up so much better.
1: Oh, that's such, that's really strong advice there. Um, And something that you learned through years of experience that you, again, boiled down into this beautiful nugget of information. That's a great takeaway because um, people hire people that, I mean, there's a million of people, millions of people who can do your job, right? But there's only one of you. And the, what makes you so unique is your insight, your experiences and your personality. And how you then use the skills and, um, to then bring that into a beautiful different lens and perspective. And so people hire people that they like, that they want to work with. Because you can hire somebody who does a job well, but doesn't have that emotional IQ to really connect with the team and to really um, bring harmony and collaboration to the department. So know your worth. And really go in that you're excited and you're for this opportunity, regardless of the outcome. And a little less expectation on the outcome is is wonderful because it really sets you up in this light of, you know, I'm just here for the connection. I'm here for the conversation. I see you. This is the value I can bring. And let's just chat.
2: Yeah, and that's just, that's so true for everything right like that's that's whether you're in in entrepreneurship too just like not stop bringing all your expectations to every the burden of your expectations to every interaction (laughs) because it just gets overwhelming and, and people can sense it as well and just Yes, just just just
1: let let it go again, let it go. <laughs> Absolutely! Oh my gosh, Susie, I'm so grateful for your time um, right now, and just so much information that and tips and really lovely ways that you've given people um, to take away and to apply into their life right now. Um, oh, thank you for having me. It's been such a great conversation. Oh my gosh, I've thoroughly <laughs> I'm enjoyed it. About all this stuff. <laughs> and. I um, so, so um, for our ambitious introverts who are listening and they are lit up as well and they want to ask you more questions and really just um, see how they can work with you. What are some ways that they can uh, reach out to you and how can they work with you?
2: Yeah, so I um, so you can head over to my website, suzycater.com. So I'll spell that S U Z Y C A T E R, suzycater.com. And you can book a call with me to chat about working together on a project, on messaging or writing anything. And then also you can take my quiz on my website, which is what's your um, wealth creating messaging personality, which is so much fun. I love quizzes. I designed it to be really fun and basically to help you um, write and communicate in a more profitable, um, but also like really soul aligned way that's true to you. And sign up for my email list my my email's very very fun so that's one way and then also on facebook as we mentioned i i am there and i have a facebook group called the wealth creating messaging club on facebook and um, i go live in there and yes i'm on video it's, it's a lot of fun and i'm in there a lot and despite my um bitching about it i am on instagram too I am on Instagram at Susie underscore Kater, and I do I do connect with people there too. <laughs> Even though I wish they wouldn't cut me off so
1: much. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it! And ladies, um, all of those um, links that Susie just mentioned are going to be in the show notes um, to this episode. So please do click down below and um, reach out to Susie and tell her where you came from. Um, She is this big ball of introverted light and joy and packed with information that, as I was mentioning, took me years (laughs) to realize myself. So if um, she can help you um, move through any blocks and to really find your voice, please do reach out. Hey,
2: yes, yes, please do. I would love to
1: have you in my wealth creating messaging club. Excellent. And ladies, have a great rest of the day and we'll be back next week.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully I gave you the boost you needed to start your week. If it did, it would be appreciated if you spent two minutes right now to give this podcast a review on iTunes and then share the episode with an introverted friend who needs to hear this message. Your review will make sure other ambitious introverts who are struggling to find their voice and focus find this show and can receive the love and support we hope you felt today. Thank you. And remember, your perceived introverted weaknesses are your powerhouse.